Welcome to Career Pod, brought to you by Transition Solutions. Your host for today's episode is our founder and CEO, Mr. Fred Studley. In this episode, Fred talks with Ms. Anne DeFrancesco. They talk about her career as an executive coach, starting initially within a company and then starting her own private consulting practices. It's a deep dive into the aspects and subtleties of that kind of work in the context of it being your own business. They do talk about her early career beginning in education and then moving into a corporate role. And they also touch upon a long-standing role that she has had as a member of the board of directors of a large insurance company. It's an inside look into the role of a consulting practice and what it takes to have that practice be successful, as well as what's required to be an effective member of a board of directors, especially in a highly regulated company and industry. It's a great discussion and a great episode. We hope you enjoy it. Well, Andy Francesco, welcome to CareerPod. Thank you very much. Okay, good to have you here. Well, uh, yeah. now you've been an executive coach and leadership uh, consultant for some time. You've uh, been on a board uh, also for some time and had a very active role as a board member. So what I'd like mm-hmm. to do is talk about those various roles. Uh, how did you uh, proceed and gain success in attaining those roles? And part of this is biographical, part of it's going to be advisory in terms of advice to others that may want to pursue same and similar tracks. So let's start early on. Uh, If you look at your early life in education, uh, maybe Mm -hmm. briefly tell us about that and how it may have influenced your your career choice and direction. I'll tell you, I think that um, when I was um, in high school, um, which is the time when most people start thinking about what next. And I knew that uh, college would be a next step, and that was to go ahead and uh, uh, get a degree in education. Um, though I was fortunate, I would say, um, I, I did choose um, a, a strong liberal arts college, um, Boston College, for my undergrad, and um, even though... Education was the focus. Um, I got exposed so much and so many ideas and so many different fields that um, I think that did have an influence. The fact that even though I did go forward and I did teach um, after I graduated, um, it really opened my eyes. Yeah. So that's how how it started. Right. And how long did you stay in teaching before you took a turn into uh, more uh, business-oriented activities? Mm. Yeah, I taught for uh, six years, and I will say, though, that that move towards something other than education, other than teaching, um, that probably started a good, I don't know, three years in. So um, it didn't take long for me to know that wasn't where I was going to be. What grade Um, level did you teach in? At the high school level. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's... That's tough duty. It was. It was. It was. Um, you know, interesting, and I enjoyed it. And I had the uh, the unusual opportunity to um, open a high school. Okay. Um, you know, you don't think of new high schools, new public schools, and it was a, a public school. But in New Hampshire at that time, uh, New Hampshire was just exploding population-wise. And uh, they were building new schools, and one of the things they were doing was building a brand new high school, and they needed to staff it with basically 
um, 80 professional staff, an additional 20 uh, um, support staff, and I was hired to teach um, at Londonderry High School uh, the February before I graduated from college. So it was a very unusual situation. Yeah. Right. Well, let's fast forward. Uh, you find yourself uh, in human resources which can people go into coaching and leadership and board level positions from all kind of perches right. but you came in you had had a number of uh, senior positions and uh, human resources VP uh, mm -hmm. level mm -hmm. jobs and yeah. uh, what was the catharsis that uh, took place that you know pushed you towards more independence uh, that of a consultant and specifically uh, in this area yeah, I think it was a combination of the economy um, and some self-awareness. I had um, worked in, um, in human resources, first in what was at the time HRD, um, human resources development, and then as the head of HR in both um, technology companies and um, financial services companies. And in all of those organizations, um, I ended up, uh, they ended up downsizing, I ended up uh, closing one of those companies. So um, I had three iterations, three corporate jobs, all that ended up with, you're doing a great job, we love you, now can you close the company? <laughs> and um, so it was after the third iteration where I said, uh, I don't know if I can uh, reinvest again in another corporate job, right. um, and that's when I said, "Let me uh, let me look at something independent." Okay, with your uh, HRD background, was coaching a natural next step or leadership uh, roles? It was um, the leadership component definitely was a natural next step. Coaching wasn't that big of a deal back then. Um, it wasn't something that a lot of people um, either thought about or knew about. It, it kind of emerged during that time. So the idea of leadership development um, was really the first entree. Um, and then um, I would say the other thing that led to the coaching was just my, uh, my education and my experience in that kind of individual counsel type of work because I do have a degree in um, counseling and organizational development. Okay. So in some ways you had a head start towards this because of your the specificity and the relevance of your HR uh, background too. So that really helped. Well, it did. It helped a lot. And, um, and the other thing that helped was... Um, the the network that I had, yeah. I had such a wonderful network within those uh, previous corporate jobs, and we had all been, uh, we had all gone through so much uh, turmoil together internally that it really created some real strong bonds. So as soon as I said to folks, um, you know, everyone wanted to know, so what are you going to do next, Dan? Right. Um, as soon as I said, I think I'm going to do um, independent work. Um, I want to go off on my own. I want to find out you know, what my signature is, because I was, had such a corporate identity for so long. Um, they were, well, you know, tell me when you're ready, because we have work for you. Well, that's great. And that's how it all started. And I think that network really um, is what helped with the launch. 
and we'll and talk specificity. Right. And we'll talk a little bit more about as a general consultant, how do people develop business? But since you brought it up, uh, I guess, uh, how do you get new business now? Is it much the same where you've been fortunate to build a strong reputation and much of the work comes in through referral or do you occasionally, it does. It does. Okay. And, it does. And that was, um, it, I've been, I was fortunate and have been fortunate that, as I say to everyone, I've really, I've never had to advertise. Um, and at that, now it's so much easier to get your name out there. Right. Um, and to get, um, you know, testimonials about the work that you do with social media. It's just so, so much easier to get that buzz going and to be known. Um, at the time that, that I launched my independent practice, um, that wasn't available. So it would have been a much more deliberate face-to-face um, type of um, promotion, self-promotion and marketing. Um, fortunately for me, it was, you know, one one contact led to another, led to another, and I really never had to go forward and say, "Geez, I've got, <clears throat> you know, I've got an empty, uh, I've got an empty month. I think I need to fill right. it with someone. Let me go see if there's someone who's interested in my work." So you didn't uh, have so any in that regard. Yeah, I was you had no panic attacks during that period. Okay, that's always good. well. There's been panic attacks for okay. sure. Right. <laughs> you know those moments before you realize that it's real and that it it. It does have a life of itself, of its yeah. own, and that it will continue. Uh, but no, not the panic that says, uh, if I don't you right. know, ring a bell and, and do something um, fast, there won't be anything next. How about, uh, just very briefly, what do you look at as the basic responsibilities of a, an executive coach? Let's focus on that. Mm-hmm. I'd say there's two. Um, one is the responsibility... Um, to to have uh, some to have experience and a point of view, and then secondly, um, the ability to truly deeply listen um, and get out of yourself. Um, I there's nothing more. I wouldn't say anything more selfish, but uh, consulting, executive coaching, it's at its best. It's a very selfless yeah. uh, role. There are a lot of people that want to enter this field. Uh, there's not no regulations to speak of that controls executive coaching. Uh, do you do you find what are the keys for a person wanting to enter this field? Now you had specific training that gave you that very helpful running start. But if a person wanted to go into this field, what either credentials, or specialized training, or you know personality? Do you think? And we we just touched on that, but what do you think a person would be benefiting from? To say that, uh, you know, I I have an education, and therefore when I graduate from, you know, uh, my my graduate program, I'm able to, you know, be a coach or a consultant. I think it takes more than that. Um, I like the idea that there are certifying agencies now uh, where, Uh, people that didn't develop their skills through um, other academic careers or through uh, and or through their corporate or or organizational work um, have a way to learn about coaching. Um, It really did take the whole uh, 
the whole industry one step beyond just someone with an opinion, you know, uh, to someone with some real skills right. and understands what the role is, understands some of the skills that they need. So I like that. I don't think that all the credentialing agencies are necessarily the best. Um, but today, if you're looking for an executive coach, um, you know, you can look at credentials and you can look at experience, but in the, not but, but and in the end, um, there is that, um, that other factor, you know, can, can I work with this person? And that goes both ways. Right. You know, do I truly believe that I can be helpful to this individual? And for that person, do they connect and believe that the coach can be helpful to them? Yeah. I guess in some assignments, uh, you almost get the sense that the person was forced to go through executive coaching, and that may have an impact. Uh, listening skills on both parties must be key, that they listen to you and you, in turn, listen to them. So It does, and I think that in those situations, too, if it doesn't change um, and there is continues to be a resistance of some, for some reason, that it's the responsibility of the coach to speak up and say, this is not the right thing at the right time. Um, and, um, and I have done that um, on numerous occasions, you know, advised otherwise when people um, or organizations have approached and said so-and-so needs a coach and we would really like you to talk to them and work with them. Um, you need to know when it's, it, it, it really isn't the most beneficial experience. And you also need to know when it's maybe, it might be, but it's just not the, the right time. And I guess, does a process help? Do, uh, I think I've had some exposure to executive coaching and, and sometimes a process represents some nice guardrails to the, the uh, assignment where you know where you're gonna go and at least you don't know where you're going to end up, but there's some yeah. process. Do you have a process you tend to follow? Or is it more freeform? Um, there is a, a a process that I put in front of people at the very beginning, and it really does serve as you know a fairly wide set of uh, parameters, and you get some idea of what phases will go through. Um, I don't use it though as a rigid. Uh, you know, we must follow these steps regardless of what what we discover. Um, so it isn't rigid, though it does give um, the individual a bit of confidence that there, you know, that there is a process to coaching. Um, and some coaching engagements uh, can be very long-term, that's for sure. Uh, and even in those that kind of go through a process and then continue, um, they uh, the the role changes, um, and what the definition of that coaching relationship changes over time. But I do have a process, and okay. I encourage people that that contact me to you know as they're starting out their um, their practice. They'll you know I'll I'll tell them what is unique about you and your process, and you know what gives people confidence that this isn't just going to be a let's talk periodically and, and we'll have interesting conversations. Okay. And how about uh, the satisfiers uh, in the job? What gives you satisfaction uh, being a mm -hmm. coach? 
the um, it sounds corny, but it it truly is the success and satisfaction that the other person experiences, and um, and and it doesn't their experience doesn't always lead to where they thought they were going to end up. Right. Um, uh, you know, some, I've had in coaching uh, situations people choose to leave organizations, yeah. choose to change careers, choose to um, redirect themselves internally within their organization. Um, and some say, I didn't think I wanted that type of advancement, but I'm going to go after it. So they're, they're achieving both their sense of um, what is energizing for them, what's exciting for them, what's what it will give them satisfaction and meet their needs. Mm. You know, really, their well-being just, I'm, I'm thrilled right. when, they're, when they have a sense of being better. Whatever that better looks like, they have a sense of being better as a result of that coaching experience. Uh, uh, quite, I put a smile on my face. That's great. Uh, that kind of leads to a, uh, an expectation question. When you're uh, in the initial stages of uh, a proposal and an assignment. Uh, who who do you state you work for? Are you working for the person being coached? Are you working for the company? Mm. Does it depend? Mm. Uh, yeah. what, how do you deal with that? All of my assignments, all of my work has been through companies, through organizations, and not work, uh, not uh, a relationship or a, a work assignment directly with the individual. So. Uh, it is the company, quote unquote, the organization um, that I work for. That said, I make it clear both to the individual um, as well as whomever the representative or sponsor from the company is um, that where there's um, uh, mutual benefit, uh, that's my goal. Um, you know, it. it Whatever is beneficial to both the individual and the company, um, it's not beneficial to the company to have an individual that is suffering, and it's not beneficial uh, to the, the individual to be in a place where um, they just aren't delivering and performing to the level that they want to. Right. You know, so um, um, it, it's it's a tough balancing act. Yeah. You know, to know what's in the best interest of both and what serves both. Um, the other issue is confidentiality. Um, I work that out with the companies, with the organizations from the, at the very beginning. And I have really yet to find an organization that will say, well, no, those aren't confidential conversations. You right. need to tell me everything that they're talking about. And if um, they do, that's the wrong company. Well, yeah, then it, 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 for me, and also it says to me, coaching isn't the tool that they need right at that moment. There's something else going on, and coaching isn't the tool. Right. Um, so, so oh. yeah, it is a, a difficult balance. Okay. How about the flip side of satisfaction? It's frustration. What can frustrate a person in uh, coaching? Uh, thinking that you're making more progress than you really are, you know, yeah. <laughs> thinking that, you know, that uh, something has really clicked for an individual and then you come, just come to find out later that it 
it was a passing idea. It really didn't. Um, it's uh, it's also frustrating when um, people aren't willing to allow others to be different. Yeah. Um, you know, the individual that you're working with may be gung ho to to um, try new things, try new behaviors, uh, present themselves in ways that maybe historically they hadn't. And it gets frustrating when the organization or people around that individual really won't allow them to be different. Um, that's, uh, that's when all of a sudden you realize that your coaching is within a larger context and you might have to do some influencing outside of the coaching relationship. Okay. Uh, if you look at technology, it, it's obviously ever-changing. Uh, in your area, uh, I assume there have been some changes in access to assessment tools, and I think uh, remote coaching is possible. Do you find that those mm -hmm. and other mm -hmm. technologies have impacted how you do your work? Yes, most definitely. I think that um, some of the best stories I have are technology-related. When we started, when I started in uh, um, as a consultant and in coaching, um, I had I had and have the same assistant, um, and she and I, she, we were um, in different parts of the state, um, and so we used to go through all kinds of um, bends and twists to make it sound and seem like we were side by side when we really weren't. Um, we actually were able to test um, the um, IM, um, a precursor to instant messaging right. that Google eventually bought. We were um, uh, a test for that. So mm -hmm. there, were a lot, there was a lot of pretending that we had to do before technology made it pretty seamless including questionnaires, everything was, and I use a lot of assessments right. um, or uh, data in, in my practice. And so we had questionnaires, and we would um, uh, FedEx and fax <laughs> and mail, and none of it was done online. So that's transformed the way we work. Um, and then the other thing is, in the big, I've, I've, throughout my practice, I've done a lot of international work. And in the beginning, um, I would fly to some wonderful places. And now, um, my, I don't want to say my wings have been clipped, but I definitely have been able to do coaching in parts of the world that historically I would not have even been able to travel to right. because of Skype. So, so places that you just can't easily get on a plane and go. Right. Um, but can do it now because of Skype and Zoom and all of that technology. It's transformed the way that I uh, I work. It really has. Okay. Well, the takeaway there for other people in their consulting pr practices is, you know, get, uh, you know, literate in all these kind of technologies. Uh, they'll make your job a lot easier, and you'll have more reach, more importantly, as you, uh, yeah. Uh, how about uh, you've been a, a board member for some number of years? Uh, why don't we talk about the role of board member now? It's changed since Sabine Oxley came in. Uh, in the old days, a board member would they'd be very polite to everybody, and, and every once in a while, a strategic thought would be uttered. 
I'm, I'm, I'm overstating, but now it is a real strong oversight responsibility. Uh, what, what have you found the role to currently, and what advice yeah. would you give to others seeking uh, that type of uh, part-time or position? Yeah. Um, I've been on the board of directors for a fairly large insurance company uh, for, it's now going on 14 years. So it's been a long time. And one of the committees that I'm on is audit, interestingly enough. So when we say insurance, highly regulated um, industry, we talk about audit, the role is to be that, uh, that critical eye. Um, and then when I think about our, our um, regular board meetings, not even our committee meetings, but our board meetings, um, I'll have to say I'm very glad that we have uh, a number of attorneys on our board because it is so highly uh, regulated. It is, um, um, it is, there is an expectation of engagement um, both uh, commitment fr from a professional perspective uh, to the organization, to the company, uh, but also um, expertise and the ability to think critically across all areas of responsibility and not exclusively your area of expertise. So um, there are, um, you feel the pressures. Um, there's no question. Uh, um, and any board member that doesn't, um, you know, sit there with a sharp mind um, and an intent sense of responsibility, um, I think is uh, is not doing justice to the to the organization they're with. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. one of my pet thoughts is that after a number of years is uh, a, a seasoned, you know, executive in any particular discipline. You do reach a level of maturity where you really become a business person. It's you, you've been in enough meetings, you, you've heard, you've seen enough train wrecks. Uh, you know what can go wrong. You know what a, a, an efficient organization looks like. Uh, so you can bring that perspective. You just have to have the opportunity to be present in that kind of environment. So, it's, how about oh, uh, definitely? Yeah. Yep. How about luck? Uh, good luck and bad luck. Did you have any in your career? Oh my gosh! Of course, yes, yes. Any, you know, any specific uh, uh, any, occasion you could briefly describe? I had the good fortune, I would say, way back when I was trying to make this transition from education into uh, business. Um, I had the incredible good fortune to <laughs> pick up a phone, actually, to look at a map. I believe it, and there were maps then. It was a piece of paper. And I looked at where I lived, and I said, um, where, where is there a, a, a company large enough that they might have a human resources organization that specifically was looking for someone who had been in education, uh, understands you know, career development, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I looked at it, and I said, well, I don't want to drive more than you know, 30 miles and sure enough, there within the circle was Wang Laboratories, mm -hmm. Wang in Lowell, Massachusetts. This is a long time ago. It doesn't exist any longer. Right. But right. So I see this circle, and I said, well, that looks like a company that, and I picked up the phone, and I said, 
you know, hello, could you connect me with um, the person who's responsible for, at the time I said, career development for Wang? And the woman said, yes, you need to talk to Joe Bongiadina, a wonderful man whose name I'm very happy to say. She said, yes, you need to talk to Joe Bongiadina. <laughs> I said, well, thank you very much. And so next thing I know, in a seconds, I'm talking on the phone with Joe, who at the time, I don't know if he was a manager or a director, right. but he was responsible for career development right. for all employees at Wang. And, and he was just such a wonderful, open, uh, generous person that it made the entree easy. Now, talk about luck. That's luck, yeah. <laughs> And, and Draw it's a, a circle on a map, and I end up with Joe. How just imagine if you had only drawn the line 15 miles, uh, not exactly. 20. Or if it was current tense and you called a switchboard operator, you wouldn't likely be talking to a person. So uh, that's great. That's a good story. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll skip over bad luck. Any yeah. any funny or exciting stories just, just about a slice of your life that are worth sharing? Oh, gosh. Let's see. Funny. Oh, there's a lot of stories. Well, I know something about <laughs> yeah, scuba diving. I don't know diving. how funny how about, I want them to be. <laughs> how about scuba diving? You love scuba, scuba diving. diving? We are scuba divers. I am a scuba diver, believe it or not. I've seen some amazing, amazing things, and, have, and it's taken me, taken me to some beautiful places, Fiji and Palau. And, um, so I guess what does that lead me in terms of my work? Uh, I'll make a connection there. The connection is more time, more diving, less work. I guess that's where I'm at right now. And the beauty of the work that I've done and, and uh, what I've set up has been um, that it's allowing me to do that now. In this occupational group that you've gone into, as well as all other consultants, you would hope mm. to have the ability to have more work, family, personal mm. balance. And while you can work a lot of times... Yeah you ultimately can control some of your time off. And uh, yeah. you've done that, and you've reached a good level yeah. of balance. Yeah. Okay. Could I actually comment on that? Yes, you could. When I, when I first left, when I decided I was going to leave corporate and, and go out on my own, it was interesting because people kept saying to me at the time, uh, my son was three years old, I think, at the time, um, and people would say to me, Oh, you're doing that so you can spend more time with Nick, my son. Right. And and I would be quizzical. I mean, like, why would they say that? <laughs> you know, you're doing that so that you could spend more time with him. And in my head, I kept thinking, no, as a matter of fact, if I'm going to do this kind of work in an independent way, um, I might actually have less time. Right. I, you know, so it was always interesting to me that the assumption was if you are, um, if you go out on your own, as we would say, uh, if you go out on your own, you'll have um, more time to do, uh, you know, more fun things. And I'd say, well, if you take it seriously and you really are looking at building, whether you want to call it a business or whether it's a practice, which is really kind of the category that mine has fallen into, um, uh, you got to get it going. You know, it's kind of like you have to do the work. Yep. And if there's one piece of advice, I would say do the work. You know, it's kind of like do the math. Um, you have to do it. Yep. And, and then get to the point where you know you've got the opportunity to take advantage of what you've built.
right now. Yeah. I, I think you're at that point. And uh, yeah. so I want to thank you very much, Ian. Uh, and you're welcome. It's been a pleasure. And a lot of people are looking into independent consulting. And I think this discussion has indeed been very helpful. So thank you very right. much. You you're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye.